Hey, hey y'all, hey y'all. I'm Soph. And I'm Nat. And, and we're, we're the, the Travel, Travel Brats. Brats. Welcome to our podcast. We've been putting the brat in travel. Since 2020. And we're just getting started. From hidden gems to world-class travel. We've been sharing hot and not destinations from a bird's eye view and a party, party of, of two. two. So what's on the itinerary today? Hey, Travel Brats. Happy Travel Brat Tuesday and welcome back to the show. I am joined again today by Ben Camille, the CEO and founder of the awesome company Travel Defend. If you guys didn't tune into our last episode, we talked a lot about Travel Defend and how they operate and help you guys find the best travel insurance brokerage concierge services for your needs and your specific trips. So don't forget to tune into that. But today I'm very excited because we're going to be talking about something a little more specific, the actual back end of how Travel Defend works as a company. And uh, just thank you so much for coming back with us, Ben. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thanks so much for having me. So I think it's interesting to talk about this because it doesn't just apply to, you know, my business, Travel Defend, but it will really apply to almost every entrepreneurial journey, right? And I think that any one of your listeners that are into business, into that journey uh, may find it interesting, you know? So yeah, I want to just to say that. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And um, on that note, you know, you touched a little bit on it in your in the previous episode, but yeah. how did you discover the need in the market for Travel Defend? How was it born? Right. So I was always kind of, you know, not like super religious or anything, but I was always praying for COVID to not be a curse, to be a blessing for me because I am married. I have kids. Uh, all that I did at that time was luxury tours. Um, and it was all ripped away. Um, and I didn't really make any money for years. I mean, literally almost three years. Um, and so it really decimated, I'll be very honest, you know, in this interview, like it decimated our savings. It decimated my, um, you know, my happiness. And it really like made me feel like doomed forever. Like when you're in it, it's really easy to step out and just be like, oh yeah, everything's good now, whatever. It really, it really wasn't like that at the time. Like I really, you know, I would see other people succeed uh, during that time. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't, you know, like my whole business, everything I've done my whole life was in travel world and tours and just nobody was hiring and there was nothing to do in my company. I had no company. And so really coming out of it, um, I think what I realized was like, you know, there were people that were open to seeing ideas and open to succeeding. I'll give you an example. I had friends of mine that opened COVID clinics. Okay. They were not medical people. They know nothing about medicine. Okay. They would literally get a storefront and they hired a nurse and they would buy those like little strips or whatever and bang, hundred bucks, every person that walked in all day long. Okay. Mm. And that was an opportunity that was open to anybody. Anyone could do that. Okay. You don't need any special skill to do that. I was too broken to think. I couldn't think at the time I was too stressed out and I didn't see the opportunities that were available to me. Okay. And so I think this is lesson number one. Like right now, if I told you, I said, okay, um, tell me how many blue cars have you seen today? Okay. You would probably like make a guess, but you don't really know. If I told you yesterday, I said, Sophia, I'm going to pay you a thousand bucks for every blue car you see today. You would come back with an exact number. You would be like, I saw seven. Okay. Cause you're paying attention because I'm telling you that I'm going to pay you. 
So the point is, these opportunities are around us all the time, and we're not paying attention. So that's number one, I think that is very important, um, because if we really open our eyes and say what every situation will give you, it will have bad, okay, but there's also going to be positive there. And I'll give you another story that that really kind of like touched, touched me a little bit. I was just reading this book, maybe like Reader's Digest or something like back in the day, and there was this couple, okay, this um, newly married couple, and they went on their um, their honeymoon. And I think they went to like a cabin somewhere or something like that. And the whole night, this woodpecker was like, the whole night for days. And they were there for like three days. The whole time, this woodpecker wouldn't stop. And so I, I can't remember if it was the husband or the wife or what, but they basically were thinking of ways to how can we turn this into, you know, a blessing and not be all depressed that our honeymoon was ruined. And they came up with the comic book for Woody Woodpecker. Okay. Mm. And they turned that into like billion dollar, you know, their I'm sure their family is wealthy for generations for Woody Woodpecker. And they really came up with that idea because of what this terrible experience they went through. Right. And so the point is, there are opportunities out there. Uh, it does feel hard when you're, when you aren't successful and you're in, you know, this terrible time. I've been there. I understand it. Um, but you have to just kind of really keep your eyes open. And so talking to this question, when we did come back and my tours came back, like we spoke about last time, I knew that everyone needed travel insurance, but I didn't realize how broken the world of travel insurance was. And then when I started going into it, I started to say, wow, like people like legit need help with this. And then I started looking business wise. Is there money here? Okay, Because there could be a problem. See, that's the beauty of capitalism. It's not a bad thing. You know, people talk like, oh, capitalism is evil. Capitalism is actually um kindness it's beauty right because what it is is actually if you have a problem and i solve your problem you're going to want to give me money right? and that's healthy and i can keep trying to help you and so it's all based around a concept of being of thinking of other people and thinking you know what could i do for someone that they will really get value from right and you should think about that in your own life just as being a good person and so it's really that same type of concept um, and so that's kind of what happened. I started to realize that I think there's a lot of needed help here. And mm -hmm. then I start to see, is there money here? Because sometimes you can have a great idea, but is there actually money there? Right. Because um, like I could say, well, I love pizza. Let me you know, do a pizza shop. You know, that may not work. There's a lot of pizza shops. Like, is that a good idea? And so I'm not saying that's not a good idea we have to talk about it. But the point is, um, I found that the commissions are insane. Okay, many policies will pay you, especially the volume that we're doing now, 40% uh, plus. Okay, if you think about that, that's crazy. Yeah. You, know, you have people on a policy, um, you know, a lot of your listeners are maybe younger, but a lot of elderly or older people that go on very expensive trips or policies can cost thousands of dollars. So there's real money there and you're never charging the consumer a penny more than they would pay anyway. And so it happened to be that that world was just set up already. I didn't have to set that up, that just existed already. And I just stepped into that um, and made it and, and just started really trying to build it and kind of help in that way. But yeah, that's that's the basic gist. No, I love that because, I mean, there are so many people that I've known in my lifetime and I've done with a few startups that were like, we're going to start a business. And and then the first question, you know, they get asked is, great, what's the need in the market for your business? You know, what problem are you solving? I, I don't know. I'm just I'm going to start a business because I want to. And I think there's a need. It's like going and doing that market research. And you you kind of lived that market research a lot be before you got way into it because you yeah. 
we're planning trips. But yes, that's how great businesses are born is you, you hear, I mean, the best advice I ever got was if you're trying to see, if you're trying to find a problem to solve in the market, if you're trying to start a business to help people's lives become easier, go listen to people's problems. Like <laughs> let people complain to you. And then, you know, you may hear something like, oh, the travel insurance I got for this trip was, I can't believe this happened. So, you know, it's, it's yeah. very, it's very important, I think, because you can spend a lot of time and energy and money and you can sacrifice a mortgage on your house or the expenses that you need to pay for your family starting a business that there's really not a need in the market for. So gr that's a great story, Ben. And I think the reality of the fact that, that it's not easy because again, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Everybody wants to work for themselves. Everybody wants to start a creative idea, but yeah, it's not all like sunshine and rainbows. It's very hard. And you're the one at the end of the day, that's the leader of the team. You've got to be the first one mopping the floor and teaching everybody how to do what they need to do. And yeah. so, um, yeah, if you're not that motivated, then owning your own company and starting your own company is not for you. So many people, they don't want to do, this is almost the hardest work, which is actually think. They don't want to think people don't want to, if I would tell you like sit for two weeks, don't do anything else. If you really want to be an entrepreneur and just think and just write ideas down and write ideas down, but people don't want to do that. They just want to say, yeah, you know, I'll do this. I'll do this. And, and the fact is, is that like, that is so important. Like, I'll give you another example. My nephew came to me and he wanted to buy a company, which I think in most cases, not a good idea. Um, but cause he wanted to get a, a leg up, like they've already done the marketing. They've already built this. Why don't I just buy it? And you know, in many cases, that's not a good idea. Cause a, you don't know the business. You don't know anything about it. You're not experienced in running that business. Uh, and there could be a lot of problems I haven't told you about. Uh, but the point is it was a Turkish towel business, right? And so obviously, right. You and me know, I asked him, I said, what is the differentiator that you have in this Turkish towel? There's eight you know, a freaking thousand Turkish towel business. I said, why do I care? Like, who cares? I'll buy your towel from you. I'll buy it from anyone else. He never could actually answer that question. Right. And right. I said, if you can't answer that question, then you need to move on. And so that's why we need to kind of like sit for, you know, how long as it takes, because all the effort, once you pick something, you have to give it the courtesy of following through at least for time, you know, money, you got it. If it's a real idea, it's not going to, it's not going to work unless you put in the time and the effort. And so right. it's almost like a relationship. Like, is this the person that you're going to put your effort into? Or is this the business you're going to put your effort into? And so people so often don't want to do that thinking in the beginning, which can save them heartache and hardship down the line. Right. And th there's very few companies like that, say like in retail, like a Turkish towel business that unless you are a mastermind at branding and marketing, they're not going to go anywhere because yes, the market's so saturated. You're not solving that. You're not doing an extremely innovative thing like travel defend is. And so, yeah, if the, you know, <laughs> seen that many times working in the startup space. Thing I <laughs> want to say also to your listeners, and this is just my opinion. If people disagree with me, that's cool. I'm not saying that I'm definitely right, but I think I have a good chance of being right. Is that all e-commerce businesses are losers. Okay. We could talk about that. But basically, I tried to do an e-commerce business over COVID, okay? And I started a whole brand and it wasn't super differentiated, but the point is it was like a men's accessories brand, watches, sunglasses, just things like that. And, you know, of course it can work, like anything can work, but the dirty secret of all e-commerce businesses is that the marketing is so expensive, okay? All the Instagram, all the Facebook, all the Google ads, 
mm. you don't realize if you're not an expert, you don't realize how expensive that stuff is. It is, it is going to be like 80% of your cost, and then actually getting, you know, because when, when do you ever actually get money? Like, I'll give you an example. Okay, we buy tons of product, and then we do tons of marketing. Okay, and then we sell the product, and we're up like a little bit. If you're lucky, you're up. You maybe down hard, but I'm up a little bit. I've worked this hard. Now all the money is to go back into 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 uh, you know uh, product, you know inventory, and then I got to do more marketing. Because obviously, I got to build the business. I can't just like when do you ever make money? You never make money ever. It's just right. keep getting stuck in this loop. And so yeah, I it's found like a that. cycle. Yeah, it's a very, very, it's very vicious. And I realized over time, I'm like, I'm never going to actually make money here. And no. so I just think that's a point that people should look at also when they're starting a business. Like, how do you actually pull money out of this business? Because many businesses you can't. Well, and I think uh, based on your story with Travel Defend and where you started, is this everybody wants to get rich quick? And like yeah. in reality, that's a very small amount of people. And so for like, there is this difficult start. There is this huge investment, like you said, on time and brainstorming and the research. Yep. And there is a career before that you have to work. That's very humbling that uh, eventually points you to, you know, of the big business idea, but it doesn't, you know, you don't just jump right out of college or right out of high school. And I've got a great idea. I mean, that's, that's like, you know, a Steve Jobs or Microsoft or, you know, those are very small percentage of yeah. entrepreneurs that like make it very big and are just absolute geniuses. You don't have to be a genius to be successful in business. Right. Um, you have to hire the right people and you have to find the need in the market. But on that note, I'm going to jump back to kind of the, the birth of Travel Defend. What year did you kind of officially launch it? Or did you do any more like testing before, like take individuals and, you know, before you had AI and the technology and the official company, did you go ahead and start connecting them to these concierge brokerages? Well, what I did was when we started, I had my own tour company, right? So when we started coming out of COVID, I started selling it to my own, my own clients. And that's how I started to realize by speaking to them, um, I'm like, wow, these are very wealthy people. These are very intelligent people. And I was expecting one of them, because I speak to like people, some of those clients, I mean, they're huge powers in industry. Like these are really smart people. So I was expecting some of them to come back and be like, oh, that's a really dumb idea. Like we're, we buy our travel insurance from, I was gonna make this up like ALI. I'm like, you don't know ALI? And I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, right? But there's always these things in the world that like, oh, everyone uses ALI, all my companies do. And then I was like, oh, damn, so maybe this is not a good business. But I was expecting someone to hit me with this kind of stuff. And as I kept doing it with my own clients, everyone was loving it. And everyone's like, yeah, oh man, I thank you. I need help with this, oh my gosh. And then I started to realize like, wow, like this is good. And then as we started to inch out and branch out a tiny bit, um, it just kept working and it just kept working. That's how you know if like an idea is good. Like you don't have to like spend tons of money on it or whatever. You just like start doing it. And if it starts to even like work a little bit, you're like, wow, like I was really surprised. I didn't think it was going to work. Like when I started going out past my own company and I started approaching people, I would expect them to say, oh, well, yeah, we would never do that because blah, 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 blah. And then we start to realize like, no, there's a market here, you know? And so mm -hmm. it's not anything like crazy genius or anything, but it was just kind of like finding that niche that everything aligned. Like Travel Defend business-wise is practically the best business on the planet um, because you have no inventory cost, okay? Right. You have a product 
that 99% of people tell you, oh, we hope we never have to use your product. Okay. So like, you know, that like people don't even want to like use it. Meaning if they don't use it, what happens? You get paid, you're done. It's over. Okay. It's, it's a very simple business. It's not complicated. And if I would all of a sudden get now millions of policies coming in, millions of people, I would have to like just get prepared on my sales team and stuff to handle that. But there's no execution. Like most businesses, if you would get like, okay, I'm a pizza shop. Okay, you just got the corporate pizza deal for Apple's headquarters. You're like, oh crap, I have to actually create now 400,000 pizzas. Like how the hell am I gonna do that? You don't have to do that in my business. It, it's done. It's, it's who's paying the card? I don't pay it. I mean, I get paid regardless, okay? And I imagine getting 40% and I take no risk and I don't pay anything, right? right. So the point is, is like, the, the everything that's aligned. I'm not saying I'm a genius. Like, really, I feel like I, God helped me or whatever because I was in a very bad state. And I, but my eyes were open because how many other people were in this position that I was in starting back with tours after COVID? Millions of people. Did any of them start travel spend? No, none of them did except me. Right. right. And there is no brokerage concierge. There is no brokerage that exists in America. We're the only one that even exists. But we're like, how are you special? I'm like, we're special because we exist because nobody else does this. Right. Either you can buy directly through a travel insurance company like Allianz or AIG, and you could be a faceless nothing to them. And you don't even know what you bought. And they only offer you one or two options. Or you can go to like the Expedia type site like Square Mouth and they'll give you a thousand options, but you don't even know what you're looking at. You can buy it. And then again, you're still on your own. There's no, no one actually doing what we do uh, in America. And so that's you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and based on that, you know, it sounds like you, know, you got 10 employees is about a 40% margin. You guys are pretty lean when, after you kind of, you know, came up with the idea for travel defend and started building, you know, the website, hiring the team, um, were there any specific business challenges that you encountered doing that? Like, was there something that you didn't like either about running a company, starting a company? I want to think like to really give you, cause you know, I'm like super honest, right? Like I want to give you like a real answer and yeah, I have, I have a big problem now that I think about it, that I, that I really came up against the biggest problem I had was let's say I would approach a tour operator. Okay. And again, I'm sure you can apply this to any business. I would approach a tour operator cause that's my feeders, right? I want to have thousands of feeders. I, I want the tour operator saying let's say we have a couple going to safari tour in africa i want the tour that they're going on you know sophia's african safari tours to say hey you guys are booking us you have to buy travel insurance call travel defend they will help you okay i want that because then when you call me or one of your clients calls me they're warmed up already they're like yeah my tour operator told me to call of course i'm going to call you right and then we speak to them and we lock it down and so the fact is when i would approach tour operators travel agents I have, a, I have some of them, but many of them I don't have. I would approach them, and they would ignore me. They wouldn't answer me. I would send them emails. They would all get ignored. And because they would hear the word travel insurance, and they would think to themselves, stupid, annoying, leave me alone. I don't know what you want. You're trying to sell me something. I already do travel insurance, whatever that means. I already do it. You know, these people don't know anything about travel insurance. They're idiots. But they're like, yeah, I already do it, and blah, blah, blah. And so the point is I could never get anyone to listen to me. They wouldn't even listen. Okay. That was the big problem that I was stuck and I was stuck for a long time and I couldn't hire employees. I couldn't build the business. And I kind of said, you know what, how do I get past this? And everyone in a business will start, you're going to have some obstacle that you can't figure out how to get past it. And so I went to 
shows, like in Vegas, like in person. I said, maybe in person, I could convince someone to do it. If I had a lot of connections in the tour niche that I was ready in, but getting out of that when people didn't know who we were, I couldn't get anyone to like listen to me or do anything. If I would go to these things, I would explain it in person. They would all say, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And then of course, when we would follow up after the person we spoke to was like some like little nothing company, nobody would answer and it was just dead. So that was the main problem that we ran up against. Now, how did we solve this problem? It's not a tough one, it's not easy. It really was a very tough one to solve. And I literally just had a stroke of genius or whatever, like a light bulb moment. And only because I was thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it for so long. And when, it's like a magic trick. When you figure out the answer, it seems so simple, but it's only when you don't know the answer, it's not, it's really complicated. So I started to realize, I said, you know what? I already have thousands and thousands and thousands of clients. Okay, I have, all, I have a whole database. I have all their information. I know how expensive their trip was. I know their date's birth. I know where they like to travel. I know everything. I have their WhatsApp, their text message, their email. I have everything. I said, do you know what valuable information this is for tour operators? These tour operators are dead. They have nowhere to market. Ask, ask any tour operator, anyone you know who's in tour operator. How do you market? How do you get clients? It's a big problem. Okay. They're like maybe word of mouth. Someone went on a tour is going to recommend. They're going to do maybe Google ads, very expensive. Okay. And so the fact is, wait, I can target market. Let's say, for example, you do the safari tours. I can give you a list. Let's say you say, my, my tours typically cost five, six grand a person. And we typically get people who are in their 40s. I'll just make this up, right? I can already give you from my list. I'm not going to give it to you, but the point is, I can pull up on my list. Easily 500 people that fit your exact demographic, exactly the type of people you're looking for. And so I now approach these tours. I don't say anything about travel insurance. I say, we have access to thousands of luxury clients. Do you want to talk? That's all I say. And now all of a sudden they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they start talking to us. And I said, I can target market for you, your exact clientele. Do you want to do that? Yeah, hell yeah, I want to do that. Okay. Well, what is it? Well, we want to do the travel insurance with you. Cool. I don't care about travel insurance. Take it. Right? They don't care about their core business. They don't care about it. And, mm -hmm. and we're going to pay you. And we're going to make sure your guests that you do care about are really protected in real life. It's a win-win for everyone, but they couldn't listen before. They couldn't hear it. And so that opened their mind to being to hear it because we're offering them and we're giving them what they want. And what do they want? They want sales. And that's how when you think about it from their perspective, what do they want? Give them what they want, right? And so that's the lesson for all businesses you can apply if you're stuck or you're stuck with no clients. You know, figure out what do these clients want and then 10x what they want and give it to them. Right. And they give you what you want. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great because, you know, honestly, I see that a lot. You know, I'm working with a company right now and um, it's for sale by owner in the real estate marketplace and it makes agents upset. And so no agent wants to talk to you. You know, because oh, you're taking, but we're trying to help the consumer. We're trying to help the person, you know, little middle class Sally that wants to save 6% on selling your house. Don't talk to me. That is my livelihood. And so it is, you have to find a way around where like you can, we've had to pivot multiple times where you have to be able to help real estate agents still kind of win. And then you also have to help the client. So that's great, Ben. That I think that's great. A lot of people um, run into things like that. And that's, a, that's where I think that differentiates the successful entrepreneur from the person who kind of stops and gives up at that point. Um, 
it's kind of like that that picture you see with the the guy knocking down the um the wall in the di- in the diamond mind and he thinks there's nothing there and he's like this close to the diamonds you're this close to the feedback oh, that's so terrible that that makes me cringe every time i see that because i'm like oh you're you don't give up like <laughs> don't right. be a if i, if I would ever have come up with this idea okay i can assure you hundreds of our feeders wouldn't exist right now okay Right. Because they just weren't in the space to listen to it. And so, yeah, that was like probably the biggest challenge that we've overcome thus far. Yeah, I'm so glad you shared that. Well, on the note of building the company, did you guys do any sort of seed funding, angel funding, VC funding, or did you just bootstrap the whole thing? Yeah, so this is something that I really probably wouldn't be so helpful to to your listenership because... I have no experience in raising money. Um, I've never done that before. Um, I think it could be very good. I mean, I've seen obviously many big businesses do do that and are very successful at it. And maybe I would do that that with Travel Fund down the line potentially. Um, but I haven't had to do that. I've tried to keep everything very lean. Um, and because we have an avenue to bring in business without spending tons of money, which is right. key. Um, that's kind of like what we're focused on because many businesses really do require a lot of money um, to get started um, and they can be more risky, but um, I don't think any VC is going to give you money unless you have a really clear business plan and you really have an idea of what you're doing. So I I think it certainly could work and be very successful to raise money, but I have never done that. So I don't know that world at all. Well, I think what's great about what you've done is like nobody owns any of your equity but you know, you guys, and that's how you build a strong company, strong employees. And then you, you make most of your money. If you don't need to raise funding, they always say, if you don't need to raise funding, then you don't need to raise funding. So, I mean, that's great. You guys have figured out the margins. and It's like in your mind, from the way that I'm describing everything, if I told you about this business before it started, does, does this sound like something that you would be a believer in, or you would say, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. Oh no, the next time I go on a big trip, I'm using y'all. <laughs> no, but my point is I had a bit I have a listen, my business partner in my tour company that I did for almost 20 years. We're we're still very close. One one of my best friends. And no hard feelings at all. We love each other. We grew up together since we were 10 years old. Um he could have come in with me on this. Okay. I came up with the idea as we were business partners, the same company. I said, Do you want to do travel defend? Do it together. And he said, no, this is not going to work. This is not a good business. I don't believe in it. And so the point is, is that I'm describing it now and it sounds so good because it's working. But at the time, it wasn't so obvious that this was going to work. Okay. Like really, like we were thinking at the time, believe it or not, I was thinking maybe I should open up like a maid service business. Okay. Like I was thinking with a lot of ideas of trying, because I am an I am an entrepreneur at heart. I'm always looking to come up with a business that I can do. And so my point is, is that like, it can sound to the outside observer, like, oh yeah, well that guy got lucky. He just had a sick idea and it worked. And da, da, da. It wasn't obvious at the time. Okay. Really? It was not right. clear. So that's why I asked you that question. Well, you know, to answer it in a different way then, I mean, if, if I didn't know anything about it and you just told me it and we just met, I mean, I would ask, you know, is there anybody out there doing this right now? Um, in that, again, that goes with the saturated market. What, what's your differentiator? And the, no, you have a huge differentiator. And then coming from the travel perspective, I know that 
a lot of reasons. I mean, this opens, it opens a lot of things up to people, not only people that say don't want to plan their own trips, like, you know, your older market, they, I do know that a lot of the older market, they have, you know, travel agents plan their trips, but a lot of our demographic and like our listeners, they do a lot of their own trip planning. And so it is very hard for them to, uh, just as it is for travel agents to, okay, like, how do I, figure out the travel insurance thing how do i get the most bang for my buck how do i save my money we work with a lot of travel agents you know they want what what do travel agents want right they want assuming they have clients and stuff they want their clients to be protected in real life these people are going to come back to them and use them over and over and over again and so if someone like you said breaks their leg in uh whatever in spain or something they want someone who can actually help their people because they know they can't help them. They know that they have no, the travel agents have nothing. They know nothing and they have nothing and they know it. You know, if they would be honest, like they're not experts in travel insurance, people know nothing about it. Right. Uh, so I've been shocked by the ignorance of travel agents. Like they're as bad as the, as the first time we're calling, they know nothing. And so they want to have their clients protected properly, but no, I, listen, obviously I think it's a good idea and that's why I'm doing it. But um, yeah, it wasn't so obvious. Yeah, no, and I think that's the point. I think that, you know, there's a lot of people in the industry that don't know anything about travel insurance, and then they get kind of slapped in the face when their customers get slapped in the face when something happens overseas, and and then they didn't get them the proper protection. And so I think what's really cool about Travel Defend um, and why you guys are are successful, are going to be so successful, is because it's not a small niche. You guys cater to absolutely everyone. Yes, you get a higher margin on the bigger trips because they're more expensive. But at the same time, you are literally helping anyone by connecting them. Yeah, we don't care. I mean, as a rule, yeah, you're $100, $10,000. We don't care. I mean, right. we take personal offense if the insurance company is not protecting our traveler. So if you're with us, you have us to fight for you and make sure. And what, regardless of how expensive or cheap, it's not relevant. It really is not relevant to us. Right. So, I mean, yeah, no. The other thing I would say is your original partner that you wanted to co-found with. I've had partners leave and disagree and we've split up where some of them didn't want to do the work. Some of them didn't think it was a good idea. You know, so there are various reasons. And if I would say if you're this far down the road with your company and the people that are still with you that were with you from the beginning, that's like a very sweet thing because a lot of people drop off along the way, um, even if they're not the founders. So that must be a cool thing for you to, you know, I struggled so much earlier in life when I figured out this business, you know, these people didn't want to work with me, but now I have this great, small, lean team and we do great things. And um, that's just, it's really, that's the most rewarding thing is A, the mission of the company and B, the people that are working for your mission. So anyway, yeah, I think it's great. And then um, just to get, I don't want to get too technical, but you talked yeah. specifically because everybody's all the rage about AI. Um, (laughs) and so, you know, how do you guys utilize AI mainly? Uh, I I wish I knew more about AI. I'll be honest. I try to learn it more and I'm like, maybe I'm 43. So maybe I'm, am I old now? I don't know. I've had a hard time figuring it out. Um, we have started to institute it, uh, in certain ways into our WhatsApp, our 24 hour WhatsApp, because we do get a lot of the same questions. And so either AI can take it or a person can take it and not many messages we get are not emergency related. They're just like, can I see my policy again or whatever? There's like a lot of like, you know, really like just basic stuff that AI can handle. So we've hired someone who's building AI for our 24 hour WhatsApp. So that's like, you know, one way that we're using it. 
Um, and the other way was, like I told you, you know, when you go to get a quote, um, and by the way, you should check it out. It's really cool. It's like, it's like chat bubbles and stuff like that. Um, so it just keeps you more engaged, you know, than, than a typical one is like boring, but, um, we've taught it, you know, why we would offer a certain policy to a certain type of individual, depending on where they're going, depending on what state they live in, depending on how expensive the trip is, depending on what time of year it is, depending on different factors, this will determine, um, in many respects, what policy we would offer. And so it wasn't even that complicated. You know, we hired an, an AI expert who's working on our WhatsApp and he worked on the algorithm in the back end of our website. We taught him about, I would say six or seven different, um, you know, different options. And that's going to dictate, you know, what policy that we would recommend. And so that's the policy that our AI will recommend. Mm -hmm. um, but I would love to use it more. I just, I don't know that I figured out ways to use it more. And one thing I do know, which is good, is that the insurance companies, these travel insurance companies, like I mentioned to you, they're they're like they're like in like the 1800s. They will never catch up. So at least I know I have time to figure out ways to to beat them, you know, on that end for sure. Right. They're just like they're just like they're lost. They're no one's gonna help them. Right, right. They're kind of in the dinosaur age here. But um no, that's neat. I, I'm glad you guys do that because and I did hear um actually listened to you on another podcast and I loved the fact that, cause you had mentioned this. Yeah. AI does a lot of the easier front end things, um, for customers, but you're not just a totally all automated service. Like you can act, I could call you guys off your website right now and speak to a representative, which I think is so important. Um, because a lot of times it's very frustrating to just continue to like press one, press two, speak to someone. Oh, please repeat what your problem oh, is. Again. You didn't get that. That's yeah. Terrible. Yeah. So you guys understand that that's the heavy lifting of our business. Like when you say what's difficult about our business, that is what's difficult is that most people that call, um, it's a 20 minute plus conversation. And so, you know, one thing that we'll never lose, no matter how big we get, I mean, hopefully we will build this to hundreds of millions of dollars. We will always have American people, people who are, you know, college educated level. Mm -hmm. um, I will always pay for that because when you try and cut corners and you know, when you're speaking to like, hello, this is Steve. I'm like, your name is not Steve. Okay. You're in India. We know this. Your name's you're in the Philippines. It's like, you know, I, and everyone hates that. And everyone hates that. And I've had the experience of many travel insurance companies, uh, people getting, calling them, getting a call center, getting information about their policy. That's dead wrong. It's not even correct. And so these travel insurance companies are cutting corners on those kind of things. And that's something that I will never, but that is the heavy lifting. But yes, if you call us, we have people who will answer you, who will, you know, will never take another call or whatever. They will stay with you until it's finished and perfect. And, you know, it's all about the customer service. It comes out of my tour company also. You know, we always just want to help people and do things in a certain way um, because, you know, not it's it's not because that will make the business successful. Uh, it's just really because that's just the culture and that's who we are. Um, right. But it will. Like I always hated that. Like, like, well, you're gonna you're gonna get me paid because you know that that because of that we're gonna use you again. I'm like, no. I mean, yeah, we'll get you paid because we sold you something and told you you would get paid. Right. I don't care what you do in the future. Obviously, it it does help, but I never like enjoyed that. I don't want it to be about that. It's not about like we're doing this to get something out of you. We're doing it because 
you know, this is what we sold you and this is what we know we can do. And right. we fight to the death for our people, you know? Well, I think that's another really good point is a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs, want to start companies or want to buy companies because they want to, again, it's the get rich quick or it's the, I want to make money. And it's like when you have a good business idea that's for the greater good and it's solving a problem in the market, like the money will come. Like that's something yeah. that comes after because there's going to be people because of your customer service and because of the need that you're filling, they're just going to flock to your company and they're going to, whether you've got great marketing or word of mouth or you're just going to, like the consumers are going to come and then the money's going to come. So on that note, um, yeah. where do you get most of your leads from? I know we talked about travel agents and the actual brokerages, but where do most of them come from? So yeah, it would be um, travel agents and tour operators, you know, many that we partner with. Um, what I did notice, though, is that we have a, a almost virtually 100% return rate on clientele. And so if you think about that, let's say we have 1,000 clients come in. Wow. Within the next 12 months, they're going to, they're going almost literally, it's like 98% people return. And so you can double your business by almost doing nothing. Okay. And so right. for year one to year two, we basically doubled, we like nine, not a hundred percent growth. It was 90% growth from year one to year two with no marketing, with no anything really. And we didn't even figure out, but what I told you, how we figured out to get to our operators, like what, you know, the marketing aspect, how we wouldn't even pull them in. We doubled our growth without having any of that because it was all the people that came to us, they bought, and then they all came back again. And then you would sometimes get other people or whatever, but like, as you keep getting people, that's why the it's called customer acquisition cost, right? So it's worth it to me to pay more to acquire a customer because I know that once they use us once, they will always use us. There's no way, no reason not to use us. Um, you know, but the fact is, you know, is that I would say that's the biggest growth factor of our business is like really. Um, and many, many people go on multiple trips a year. They go two, three, four times. Some of the people will call and say, hey, I have three trips I need travel insurance for. You know, because a lot of our people, they really love to travel. And, you know, many of them are luxury clients and things like that. So, you know, as you get older and as you have more money, you know, they have nothing to do but travel and spend money. And that's just like... You know, I honestly, that is the clientele we're going after, right? I want those type of clients, even though any age is fine, it will help everyone. But if I have to, I can't put my efforts into everything. I got to focus. And so we do focus on the luxury market, um, although we can help uh, everyone. I wanted to ask this in our last episode, but like, say I'm planning a trip and it's happening in like six months. When is the right time to get insured? And then um, like, what do you see? Do you see a lot of people coming to you too late or like way early or? Right. So it would depend on everyone's, you know, particular situation. But number one is a fact. As you keep getting closer to your trip, travel insurance price will go up. Okay. That's how the algorithm is created. Now, many people say, hey, that doesn't make any sense. If I buy six months out, now there's six months worth of risk. As opposed to if I buy two weeks out, there's only two weeks worth of risk. So why is it getting more expensive as I get closer to the trip? So you can logically ask that question. So I'll give you two answers. Number one, it's not relevant what the logic is. It doesn't matter if you if it makes sense to you. This is the fact of how they built the algorithm. So a lot of times in travel insurance, we get these type of questions and they're really not relevant. Why this? Why that? I don't make the rules, okay? I just know the rules. 
But the fact is that they see, because I've asked this question before to the higher ups in these insurance companies, and they say that as you get closer to your trip, they find many, the claims, the rate of claims, like double, triple, 10 times. If you buy travel insurance two weeks before your trip, you have statistically, you know, whatever it is, you know, a triple the chance of filing a claim than if you bought it six months ago, because you know something's going on in your life. You're like, oh crap, I better buy travel insurance, right? And so that's when they see people buying right before their trip. The insurance can be scared of those people because those people, they know, oh, this guy's coming after me because something's going on. Oh, your grandmother's really sick, huh? Okay, let's buy travel insurance right now. And so the point is, is that um, if you are six months out to answer your question, um, if you wait, you will pay more. Okay, so that's step one. Um, step two is once you give money down on a trip, and that could be to an airline, that could be to a tour company, Whatever you did, it doesn't matter how how minor it was. It could be $100 you put down on the trip in some way. Your clock is ticking now. Okay, and you have, with many companies, 14 days or 21 days to buy a cancel for any reason. If you want to buy that, if you miss that time period, you can't buy it anymore. Or, you know, pre-existing conditions is a question we get asked a lot. You know, like what if someone has a, a medical issue they're grappling with? Um, if you miss that window with many policies, meaning if you put money down the trip, you wait, let's say 21 days, you don't buy a policy, you buy it later, and you have some medical issue that you're grappling with, um, in many cases, it will not be covered. Um, you have to buy it within the 21 days, and then all pre-existing conditions are covered. And so those are a few things that I would kind of think about in terms of the timeline of, of buying. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, that's a lot of... That's a lot of things. I mean, I know that's like tickets to a concert or a music festival. I know that's the airlines work like that. So, I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. How much sales have you guys generated? And then how much do you expect to grow, say, in like the next year, by this time next year? Yeah. So, in terms of gross sales, you know, for the last year, we're probably in the area of about four to five million in terms of gross sales. I don't know how much we're going to grow in a year. Because I'm actually don't care about that. I'm I'm kind of looking at a longer time horizon. I kind of look at it like a Ferrari. Okay. I'm building the Ferrari. And when I'm ready, I'm gonna put gas in the car and then really drive the Ferrari. So I'm not even driving it yet. I'm really kind of like like going slow with it right now mm -hmm. because I really just want to get it to a point where everything is aligned and I know that my team is ready to handle. A crap ton of business more than we're doing. I know that I have like, like, for example, I'll give you 1, 1 way of going to get tour operators to haven't really done yet. Okay. Uh, there's this company called cleverly. Have you heard of them? Mm -mm. Okay. So cleverly basically goes, they use your LinkedIn account and everyone is on LinkedIn. Okay. All the tour operators, all the travel agents are all on LinkedIn. And so they will on your behalf reach out to thousands of them, okay, and connect with thousands of them and message them on your behalf and try and get you meetings booked, like Zoom meetings booked, okay? So if I reach out to a thousand operators and I say, hey, like I told you, I have thousands of luxury tra travelers. You want to talk to me, book a meeting or whatever, I'm probably going to get a ton of meetings, okay? So I haven't started doing that yet. I want to, I want to like figure out if it, will that work? I don't know. We have to try it. But if it works, I'm getting tons of these meetings and then we're doing the meetings and then I figure out during the meetings, how do I, how do I get these people to agree to work with us? And I, maybe I make like a slide deck that I can show them 
and I have a, I do have an onboarding portal. They get in the portal and they fill it out and it's a whole official thing. And then they start sending us people and then we start marketing on their behalf. I have tours that we work with, but I haven't gone after them even at scale yet. So the fact is I want to just have the pieces set. And then once I figure out that process, then I go to Google ads and I try and figure out all the Google ads because there's a whole world out there that's expensive. But if it can work, if I can get it to work, I told you I'm willing to pay more for a customer than most because I know my customer is going to return to me. So if I have to lose on the first sale, it's fine. But I'm not ready to do all that yet. But the point is, when I am ready, it may take two, three, four years. I don't know how long it's going to take. But once it it once it's ready, and I know it's going to work, and I've proven it, then I start dumping like millions of dollars in, and then it's going to go crazy, right? So so that's right. kind of like my long term horizon. I'm not so focused on the next year or not. I don't really care about that. You keep saying like get rich quick and all that. I'm not into that. I don't care about that. Right. Um, I don't believe that anything real, substantial, powerful, strong is ever built quickly. And so I don't really care about quick. Listen, I've been very blessed in a sense where we've had a lot of easy success. We have. It's a fantastic idea. It makes sense. It works. People love it. And it, that's where I am blessed. It has not been hard to build. Um, but getting it to the point where we're going to really ramp it up, it will be hard. It's not going to happen that easily. Um, but, um, that's kind of my horizon, you know, I'm just kind of honest, like about our, our like time horizon. It's not necessarily the year, you know, I don't know next year. I don't know how much it will, will be up because of all the returning people, but I don't know that it's going to be like super crazy in the next year. That's the truth about starting a company too, is it really isn't a get rich quick scheme. It's, it's value and it's hard work. And it's cool to see how far you guys have come and your, you know, your plans in the future. Uh, to grow and to continue to help people with their travel insurance needs. What kind of response have you seen from the business community? People in your industry or just they kind of since you started the company, have people that originally thought it was a bad idea come back or yeah, talk a little bit about that. So one thing also that we don't have a ton of, I don't have any real corporate business right now. So like, you know, like you would imagine, I don't know, Microsoft or something, they have hundreds of thousands of employees. They probably do a lot of you know, employee conferences and things like that. I've never gotten any corporate business. So I don't know if that's what you're asking, but um, I'm not in that world at all. Um, I would like to be, but I'm not. Um, so that's definitely an avenue that we can we can go after. Um, interestingly, when I reach out to tour operators and travel agents, some of them I knew from before when I had my old business, um, I don't feel like they're like particularly happy about this. They don't seem that excited. <laughs> They're kind of like, like, what? You're not doing tours anymore? Like, what are you saying? Like, when I have to explain to them, I'm like, travel defense is a way, way better business than being a tour operator. They're right. like, they can't even understand that. They're like, what are you talking about? Like, there's millions of tour operators. Who the hell does travel insurance? What are you even talking about? Because um, nobody does what we do. And so no one's used to, like, bringing it in on millions of dollars. Like, they've never heard of that before. And so the fact is, is that... I think there's a lot of confusion from a lot of people. Like, this is a real business, really? Like, travel insurance is a real business? Like, to you, you look at it and you say, well, yeah, there's billions of dollars are, are purchased in travel insurance every year. But in the inner workings of being a tour operator and travel agent, they've never considered, you know, like, I spoke to one higher up at a tra travel insurance company, one of the top people. He said to me, I've never heard, and he's been doing this for 25, 30 years. He goes, I've never heard of anyone running around just trying to grab as many Travis's policies as they can. I've never heard of anyone doing that. 
Meaning <laughs> everyone, if you're a tour operator or traveler, you typically do your own people. Fine. So I have my own guests. I'll do it for them. Um, or that's pretty much it. They don't have like anyone actually going out just trying to like work with hundreds of tours and take all their travel insurance from them and take it all for themselves. Like no one does that. And they never heard of anyone doing that. So I guess to answer your question, like it's a little bit unique, like in the sense where people are kind of confused by it. Like they're not used to it. Right. But you have you have people helping with life insurance, you have people helping with car insurance, but you don't have a brokerage and travel insurance. It doesn't exist. Nobody does this. Right. In life insurance, you have this, you have brokers helping people. In oh, car yeah. insurance, you have that. But you don't have this in travel insurance. Like no one's ever heard of this before. A place where I can call with access to everything and help me in five minutes and get my like that doesn't exist. Right. And so right. I guess the best thing is like people A don't believe that this is real, like successful, like they can't understand it. And they're also like just confused. Like, is this a real business? But it's right. so crazy because I really believe that we're gonna be bigger than travel insurance companies in America. I mean, you have travel insurance companies pulling in hundreds of millions of dollars. I feel like we can be bigger than them because there's no, if I compete one-on-one -on -one with any of them, even in the beginning, people said to me, why don't you become a travel insurance company? You know, why are you doing this brokerage to become a company, you know, sell your own policies. Da -da -da. And in the beginning, I was like, maybe I should, maybe like, that's the big man thing to do, you know, like to really like, you know, try and take them on all these billion dollar companies take them on at their own game and be a company and i realized very quickly that's the dumbest thing you could do because you have no differentiation now you're just fighting these idiots at their own game here i can sell you their exact product at the same price they could sell it for but i will actually get you paid because i have a lot of clout and you don't right. and i don't charge you it. and i start to realize I'm like no this is the move because if you have one person who knows about us and one person who knows about this travel insurance company, they're always going to work with us. And so right. that's why I'm like, I just got to get in front of everyone properly. And then why can't we be bigger than travel insurance companies? We could, I think we could, you know, and I look at this as something we're building for generational wealth for my family. Like you look at insurance companies, insurance companies are some of the longest standing businesses in America or in the world. I mean, Lloyd's of London is from the 1600s because it's all about psychology, right? People are nervous, they're scared. And they will buy insurance. It will never go out of style, will never go out of business. Um, and so, you know, my goal really is to kind of build it. Um, and I, I imagine over time we're going to get an offer. One of these companies is going to try and buy us. I would imagine they would because uh, otherwise we're just going to keep taking business away from them. Right. I think that you're so right about just becoming another one of the agencies because that's where you lose your innovation. You guys yeah. are the only one right now. And then it's a lot easier process wise for you guys just to be connecting customers with the brokerage. I don't want to pay. You think I want to pay right. claims? I don't want to deal with that. That's right. Sucks. Right. That's you're the terrible. you're the marketplace. You're the one way. And that makes it so much easier for your money team. comes in and it doesn't go out. It comes in. You know, these insurance companies lately with what happened in Israel, we had over a thousand clients in Israel. Um, wow. you know, what happens with, you know, we had I don't know if you remember Morocco had a, a crazy earthquake recently. Um, we have a ton of people going on Morocco tours and things like that. The insurance companies are getting killed. I mean, it's like, you know, when there's a major hurricane or something, you know, over time it will, it will, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna be up. Okay. But at this point and for the next while they're getting hammered. I mean, I spoke to some of my high up people there. I said, are you guys like nervous? Like your company is going to, going to show tremendous losses. Like this quarter, they're going to get hammered mm -hmm. and they're going to lose millions of dollars. 
And, you know, and they listen, these guys are professionals. And they're like, no, it's, it's part of the game, you know. And sure, sometimes you get killed. Sometimes, you know, there's like these natural disasters and things where you just got to pay out crazy millions of dollars. But the point is, if you're getting 60 and I'm getting 40 and I have no risk and you have all the risk, I'll take right. that deal all day. I mean, who would make right. such a deal? I can't believe they're giving me this deal. It's like crazy. But, you know, I just walked into it. That, that has always been the situation. And why no one else has ever kind of done this, I don't know. I'm sitting here like, it's crazy to me. It's a fantastic business. I don't get it. Yeah, you really you really found it. That's great. Well, okay. So I know you've talked about, at the beginning, you talked about a huge business tip. And you've talked about a lot along the way. But is there like, you know, anywhere from one to maybe three things you want to leave our listeners with? If they're like aspiring entrepreneurs, they've got an idea, they want to yeah. start their own companies. The main thing that I would say, besides all the things we've talked about, which is like find something special to do, really think about it. Obviously, you have to look in yourself. What is your own skill set? What are you good at? Um, and something, you know, I'm not such a believer in like do your passion, what you love to do. Because trust me, if you're making money, you're going to be happy. You're going to love it. Okay. So, like, I don't really know that I super believe in that. Anyone that it's fun to be successful. Okay. So, like, even if it's in something that is not maybe your passion, but you're passionate about, building something great and it doesn't matter really what it is like i wouldn't naturally have a passion for travel insurance but i freaking love travel defense and i love doing it because i'm helping people and i can make tons of money and it's just like you get into success so you will be passionate about being successful but probably the main goal you know i don't know if i should give three things i'll just give like maybe one sure. that i think is so important is make people an offer so good that they would feel stupid saying no to it. So what that means is basically like, I don't want anyone to compare your business to anyone else. So whatever business you have, every one of your consumers or customers are going to look at you and they're going to look at some other options on the table. They're going to look at the price and they're going to decide which one should I go with. Okay. I want you to offer them something in your offer, we can talk about what that means, but in your offer that is so special and spectacular that they would feel stupid saying no to it. So for example, let's, I'll just make this up off the fly, but let's say I do windows, okay? I'm gonna do window shades or whatever. I am gonna come to your house. I am gonna install for free. I am going to, I don't know, whatever things you could do around, whenever I'm gonna make the same price as some of these other guys. That's how you start. Over time, we want you to keep upping that price. We don't want you lowering the price to meet the market. We want it to be expensive, but we want you to offer so much that it would just be ridiculous to say no, right? So when you say to me, or do you say to someone like, you can be on my show, on my podcast, right? Don't offer me just that. Offer me 10 other things that it's like so much. I'm like, holy crap, like really? You're offering me all that? You know, you can market to all the people. You can, I don't know, just whatever you need to do, especially in the beginning to make it work, don't worry about it. Just make it work, make it work. And it will answer itself. It will come together. You'll refine it. But I think that's what gets lost in translation is like people don't offer enough and they play the price game and they just try and lower the price and lower the price. And that's a losing battle that will never Mm. We'll never, you never, you don't want to be in that game. We never want to be in the price battle. We want to be in the value battle. And then I'm offering you so much more. It's not comparable. There's no one to compare to. Um, it's just something so special of what we're doing. 
Um, right. And then, then you can kind of get out of that discussion of, oh, well, I looked at that company and they were the same price or less. Okay, but it, we're not selling you the same product. We're selling you something right. that is 10x what they're selling you. Um, and so, you know, unfortunately with travel insurance, I don't, I don't create the prices. You know, I wish I could because then I really could um, probably charge a lot more for what I do. Um, but it's part of the value of, listen, I, I can't, I, I'm not looking to add any money anyway, but the point is like, you know, if you're offering more, don't feel shy to, to get more and you should get more. People will, are happy to pay more if they're getting more from you. So be confident, create something really fantastic and just offer them so much. They, they just don't feel stupid. They know to you, you know, that, that's kind of the best idea and advice I want to have. Yeah. Well, I love it. It's all about the value and you get what you pay for too. <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, Ben, thank you so much for coming on again, guys. Thank you for joining us on an inside look at the back end of Travel Defend with our CEO and founder, Ben Camille. Again, guys, Travel Defend is America's leading travel insurance brokerage concierge service. So if you guys are going on a trip, check them out at www.traveldefend.com to start getting involved with creating the perfect insurance plan. Um, for you guys on your trip. And if you liked this episode, please don't forget to subscribe to the channel and write a review about Ben and us and our lovely conversation. And then if you guys are big readers, more than listeners, you can also check out our full interview with Ben on thetravelbrats.com. Ben, thank you again so much. And uh, we thank just wish you the best of luck with your company. All right. Have a great one. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Well. Bye. Hey there. Are you looking to sell your home the for sale by owner way? Then check out Listella. Listella is an online real estate platform where you can directly buy and sell homes with no negotiations and no commission. Sellers save the 6% they would typically pay an agent, and buyers can find and buy a home in as little as 14 days. The best part? If you're a Travel Brats listener and you list your home on Listella, you'll get 20% off the listing fee with code TRAVEL. That's capital T-R-A-V-E-L. Check them out at listella.com or download the listella app today looking for the cutest new travel pieces for your adventure wardrobe then shop best dressed from gorgeous sundresses to adorable bikinis and cozy sweaters best dressed has the perfect travel pieces for any vacation destination check them out at shopbestdressed.com and use code travelbrat20 for 20 percent off the entire store